Well, as you're turning back to 1 John chapter 4, as we're singing, we're just reminded of some of the common terminology that we see throughout Scripture and throughout our songs being sheep and shepherd and lambs. And as we are reminded in the, the song, we are the, we're the sheep. And as sheep, we are prone to wander. We're, we're prone to, you know, go off the reservation a little bit. And thankfully, we have shepherds, and thankfully, we have mamas, right? And mamas keep us on track. They fiercely protect, right? Good mom, uh, not only is that kind and tender and gentle mom, but uh, she also has a hard hand too, right? Uh, she also warns with vigor and is willing to fight and defend her her cubs. Ergo, the phrase "Don't don't mess with Mama Bear," right? And so, as we come to God's word, and as I'm reminded as shepherd, and as we're reminded just with with moms, that there's a protective element. There's a protective element that comes within a true definition of love. You don't go to mom just to get yes, right? And mom doesn't just say yes. We, we, we don't just eat sugar for breakfast, right? We, we, we have chores. We have duties. We have responsibilities. A, a good mom will protect you from your greatest danger, you. And so she'll say no over and over and over and over and over again. That's a good mama. The sign of a good mama is you'll hear no a lot. Well, as we come to the word, the word, because God loves us, love is the foundation of Christianity, right? God so loved the world. Um, and then there's action, true love, real love that he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross to pay the price for our sin. Well, true love has action. True love um, it doesn't just say yes all the time. There's, there's discipline in love. The, the scripture is clear in Hebrews that the Lord will discipline those that he loves. Will discipline you for what? I, I thought love just meant you get to do whatever you want to do. And then we just love you. We just let it go. Forget it. Uh, that, that, that's not love. The Bible describes that as hate. And so as we come to this series of truth matters, just like a, a, a mama bear protects her cubs and a shepherd uh, protects his flock, I was reminded this week that there's over 55 direct passages in the New Testament linked to false teachers. Uh, that's not to mention all the other kind of subtopics that address the, the same uh, basic concept. And so we are told by God, wake up, be on alert, be on watch. That's part of your spiritual armor. 
right? The last time I preached, we talked about false prophets, uh, false teachers. And yes, they're driven by satanic tactics, spiritual warfare. But even worse, it's, it's embedded in the world. The tactics, the beliefs, the teaching is embedded in the world. And yes, even in and throughout the church. We're, this, this is nothing new. When you go back to page one of the Bible and you read through the Old Testament, you're going to see God's chosen men rebel against God, laying out false patterns. Yes, we see things like murder. Yes, we see things like polygamy that were not laid out by God, but sinful man disobeys. We see kings that rebel against God. We see priests and prophets that rebel against God. In the New Testament, we see the religious men, the Pharisees, teach false against the God. And Jesus says, woe unto you, you blind guides. Again, the, the teachers, the religious guys are the blind guides. And then, yes, again, throughout the New Testament, a warning against teachers to the church. Remember, as we're going through the, the, the New Testament, we look at letters to the Romans, letters to the Thessalonians, Philippians, Colossians, Galatians. These are letters written to the churches, written to Ravensdale Bible Church. And one of the main themes is be on alert, beware. False teachers. Who? Where? Here. Be, be on alert. Be cautious. Um, be good Bereans. Study to see if what you're hearing is right, is true. Why? Well, the point of false prophets, the point of false teachers is to lead you away from the true God, from the real God, from real faith. False teachers uh, create irrational fears. I mean, we'll get to these topics specifically in the next coming weeks, but just think of things like, you know, the, the climate crisis. Now, there's a difference between the climate changing. Uh, it's a lot hotter this week than it was a couple weeks ago, right? Okay, it doesn't take a genius to figure that out. That doesn't mean we're dying. Okay, that's a big leap. That's a big jump. Um, how many times can the science community, the science world, be wrong about telling us, oh, we're, we're getting ready for an Arctic freeze. We're all going to die. Oh, no, no, no. That didn't happen 10 years later. So now it's going to be a heat wave. Now it's going to be. Now, you know what? We don't know what it's going to be. It's just going to change some way, somehow. And then we're going to listen to 17-year-old girls <laughs> point their finger at us. Um, how many times does a science community have to be wrong to work before we say, um, I don't quite have confidence in you when you tell me that the CO2 emissions are going to get really by what percent? What percent? What percent of CO2s were being emitted in 1850? Oh, you don't know. They just had a, a congressional hearing in the six smartest men in the world for CO2 emissions, they asked them, well, what, what percentage of the CO2 emissions are we at right now? Uh, uh, we, we don't know. We don't know, how to ju we don't know how to judge it. You're telling us we're dying because of that. Um, false teachers deny basic biology. We're celebrating moms. 
Uh, somebody said, you know, we, we all have mamas. Are you sure? <laughs> How are we? Look, this is not a joke. This is not a joke. This is dead serious. Um, the denial that a female has a reproductive system, a male doesn't. That's not just a, a phrase or a word. That, that means that there's ovaries, uterus, fallopian tubes. There's all kinds of stuff that my wife has that I don't have. We have scientists and politicians and teachers rebuking us. And, and I will say the church, which is why we're going to get into it. Because now it's in the church. And that's a problem. It's false teaching. It's wrong. So why would we trust these guys? They, don't, they can't define what a woman is. Um, goes back to what is life? Yeah. What is life? This, the scientists will freak out and do a backflip. If, if there's a, a microscopic life form that can barely be seen w with a telescope, if there's any kind of life found on Mars, they'll go nuts. And yet, and we have, you know, if you, if you want to know, you can ask the, the new mamas that are here right now. They're going through the process. And what's the process? Well, we can take pictures. We've got pictures of life, of baby. We can listen to life to listen to baby. The heartbeat, right? It's beautiful. It's amazing. How are we denying basic biology, photos, x-rays, heartbeats? Nope. Not a life. False teaching then leads to false truth, which ultimately is leading into like this cult. It, it, make no mistake, it is a cult. Just watch them rally. Watch them have peaceful protests. Um, well, it's the same thing within the church. False teaching leads to false belief, leads to false religion. So, yes, we have to guard strongly. And as I mentioned, there's just consistent warnings. We see that, that the false teachers bring confusion and deception. That all, they're trying, all, all Satan has to do is divert you off the path to get you on the wrong path. Any path, whatever path, doesn't matter what path, he wins. In Revelation, we know where we're going. We know the road that we're heading down. Ephesians, as we just studied, talks about us putting on our armor, putting on truth, putting on righteousness. Uh, are we ready? Are we alert? Are we battle ready? Are we able then to stand firm against the piercing arrows, the missiles of the evil one, the deception, the false teaching? Or are we just like, you know, a, a reed in the wind, just blowing whatever way the wind blows? Um, a reminder, the Bible is the most accurate book ever written on the face of the earth. We start with the Bible. That, that's our, our, our beginning point. And so to undermine the Bible then becomes the A1 target for Satan. And it starts right in the first words, in the beginning. Nope, deny it. And, and it just goes from there. Well, today we're looking at five key, 
five keys to identifying false religions. We're not going to address every single religion. We're just going to have some highlights on some of the bigger ones because they're the biggest problem and they're the most well-known. And the five keys to identifying false religions are, uh, we're going to look at key dates. You know, when was this religion started? We're going to look at the key people. Who are the people who started these false religions? Their key writings, their key beliefs, their key teachings specifically about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. And then the key ways that they say lead to salvation or eternal life. Uh, some of you may already have the, the little chart that Susan passed out to the ladies study. And this is a really good kind of overview and, and, and pillar for understanding so many of these false religions. But again, we can study all the different kinds of counterfeit money or we can really learn what a real bill looks like, feels like, tastes like, smells like, right? And so that's where we place our emphasis primarily on God's word and what's right so that you can identify falseness. And every now and then, like today, we'll, we'll actually highlight because it's becoming such a massive and big problem in the church. Again, within the church, the unity. We want to be united with, with who? With everybody. Um, one of the hallmarks of the Bible and the reason why people hate the Bible and hate Christianity and, and hated the Jews was the exclusiveness of it. The denial of everything else. You can only believe in one way. For the Lord our God is one. Besides him, there is no other. Deuteronomy 6, the great Shema preached to every child in Israel. There are no other gods. Well, that exclusiveness is what makes people hate us. The Roman Empire, you can believe anything you want. The Egyptian Empire, believe anything you want. The U.S. Empire, you can believe anything you want. You just can't tell other people that they're wrong and that their path is heading them down to hell. That's the cardinal sin. So, when we look at 1 John 4, 1 John 4 gives us kind of our, uh, again, our foundation for identifying these false religions. Verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits. So that's where we start. We're not attacking. We're, we're not aggressive. We don't, we're not just, you know, for kicks, pointing fingers at others. No, we're, we're called to not just blindly believe everything we hear. And in fact, we're called to test it. Test it to what? You test it to scripture. Why are we testing it to scripture? Scripture is the foundation of everything. That's where we all started. That's where the first writing started. Um, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. So we don't believe everything. We test the spirits. Why? To see whether they're from God. Is, is this godly? Is this biblical? Is, is this what God's word says? Why the warning? Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Not one. There's not like one bad religion, one bad teacher out there. Many. Remember, this is written 2,000 years ago. It's been about a 2,000 year jump on false teachers that then created false religions and false followers. And now there's millions of people who've been led astray. And by the way, new ones coming every day. 
and they've gone out in the world and they're sprinkled throughout the world. Verse 2, by this you know what the Spirit of God is. This is one of the, the tests. That every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. So one of the, the key points is Jesus Christ, part of the triune Godhead, came in flesh. This is why Christmas is important. Right? Emmanuel, God with us. So God in human flesh came to the earth to die on the cross for our sins. That's what you have to believe. That's a confession of faith. Not that Jesus was just a good guy. That, that, that's, that's not enough. He is the God man. Verse 3, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus well, is not from God. There's only one way to the Father. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through Jesus Christ. If you deny that, then you're denying Christianity. You're denying Jesus. You're denying God. That's it. Anything else is a different religion. Don't, don't bring other ideas into the earth. This is the position. Verse 3, And every spirit does not confess Jesus from God, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist. This isn't the spirit of Jesus Christ. Christ. This is the anti. This is the other. This is the confusion of which you heard that it is coming. Guess what? 2,000 years ago, it's already in the world. 2023, it's here. It's deeply, deeply embedded. Those roots are, are deep. Verse 4, you are from God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he who is in you that is in the world. Verse 5, they are from the world, therefore they speak as from the world and will listen to them. This is why we don't listen to the world. What's the world? The teachers, the philosophers, the scientists, the doctors, dot, dot, dot. Why are we listening to these experts who can't define life, who can't define what a woman is, who don't know what to do with, with the sun getting a little hotter? Um... That's the world, and the world listens to them, and the world follows them, and the world makes them a religion. Verse 6, we are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen. False teachers don't listen to God. They create other gods. They create other arguments. They fight God. They challenge God. And yet we have no answers. Well, how do we get here? Uh, I don't know. We, big bang. We just come up with something, anything, anything other than, which by the way, Big Bang is faith, which makes it religion. At least be honest about your position. Yes, by faith, we believe in God. Absolutely, unequivocally. And so this is... This is what we're called to do. We are called to test these spirits. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. The barometer of this is right at the core. Who is Jesus? Everybody says Jesus. Everybody likes the name of Jesus, right? Well, their version of Jesus. They change who Jesus is. They soft, soften who Jesus is. They sugarcoat who Jesus is. Well, the first way we want to identify a false religion is to identify key dates. Identify key dates. Again, test it. Um, so one of the things that we see is 
most of the big false religions, you take Mormonism, Jehovah's Witness, Islam, Mormonism founded in 1830 in New York. What happened to everybody before that date? They all just die and go to hell? Because the religion wasn't invented yet? What about Jehovah's Witness in 1869? Uh, everybody before that just dies and goes to hell? Because the religion hasn't been invented yet? Or Islam, 622, which is one of the oldest. But again, what happened in the beginning? See, what happened to the souls before your start date matters. Was God silent? Did he not exist? And so in identifying the key date when it starts, that, that's a part of the test. A real religion, a real God begins... Well, first of all, if he's God, he has no beginning or end. Alpha and Omega, ring any bells? Okay, it all starts with him. And so we look at the Bible, and we'll, ironically, if you want to challenge it with real facts, huh? the Bible says it was written about 6,000 years ago, which ironically is exactly when Mesopotamia came into being factual evidence that can be cited by historians and archaeologists in the Middle East, same dates. First writing that they have, that they actually have, not the, not the what we think three million years ago. I love the dates. Are you sure it wasn't two million four hundred and fifty, you know? <laughs> which, um, 3,400 years ago, they have writings from Samaria. Really? We have writings from Israel. 4,000 years ago. Again, not 4 million years ago. Same area. When they say 5.7 years ago, there's no proof. There's no evidence. All the evidence actually points to a biblical account, which the Bible stated thousands of years ago. The only true religion that must begin in the beginning with God. Not just created out of Nowhere in the 20th century, for Pete's sakes. That's crazy. So the second piece is, well, not only are we identifying the dates as a part of our testing of the spirits, but we have to identify who these people are. The, the person matters too. So these people now are saying, hey, I've got a new religion. Who are you? I, I, I've heard of Adam and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and... David and, and Tony, not familiar with that guy. It's going to be okay. Just follow me. Um, if that doesn't sound crazy to you, then we need to talk. So, so why is it crazy today in 2023? But again, in 1830 and 1869, it's not. Ooh, this sounds good. It's new. And by the way, in 1854 or, or in... in in the 1900s, we have L. Ron Hubbard. We have the Nation of Islam in 1930. I mean, th these are like fresh new stuff. Um, so who are these people? Well, they're not God. I mean, they, we, we have their birth dates. They're, they're not gods. Uh, why would we worship them? Why would we follow them? They're full of errors. More importantly, when these people come into existence with a new belief system 
that we have dates. Why are they trying to replace the Bible? Because that, that's what they're doing. And that's really what we need to understand. It doesn't matter who or what it is. Why are you trying to replace the Bible? Who are you to replace the Bible? And, and that's then what we test. That's what we have to ask our questions. Who are you, Joseph Smith? Why is it that you're being run out of New York in Missouri, in Ohio, and finally killed in Illinois. Why? Why everywhere you go? Um, that's a problem. Why Taz Russell and Joseph Rutherford, the founders of the Jehovah's Witness? Why do you guys have legal problems? And really, your whole religion seems to be based off of a printing press and how many things you can print and make money off of. Um, well, that's not anything new under the sun. Or Muhammad, who comes along and is really just trying to mirror the Jewish faith, except the flip side of the Jewish faith, so then Israel is actually their number one nemesis. Look, the diversions are clear. They're, 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 they're just diversions. They're, they have a, a different belief a tweak of the belief, either small or large, just more claims, but not what the Bible has taught. And again, we're warned about false prophets. We're warned that there's going to be many in the world. So it is fair to just test it. Just who are they? Let's test them. And what we found is they've been all left greatly wanting. Well, the third way we identify false religions is, and really this is the main thing, it's their writings and their beliefs. We, we, don't, we, we don't judge the whole thing based off of that guy or even the followers. There's some amazing people out there that are following some interesting things. There's some horrible Christians out there that are following the right things, but they're struggling and they're not very good people. We don't judge the religion based on the person. So we look to their, their key writings, their key holy scriptures that are claiming to be authoritative. I mean, look, the Bible is claiming to be the written word of God. So for the skeptics to say, well, I have some questions. Fair enough. That, that's a great place to start. Well, that's where we should start, too, as Christians. Well, you're saying you want to replace this book. What is it that your sacred scriptures are teaching? How do they define God? How do they define truth? What do they say about the nature of man, past, present, and future? Well, again, when we judge this, well, we begin with the champion of the world, right? Undefeated, the Bible. The Bible has never, ever, never been proven wrong in its science, in its archaeology, in its history. Secular historians, archaeologists use the Bible as a, as a, as a, um, <clears throat> as a pretext to, their, to their, their, their searches. It's never been wrong. Now, do we have questions? Yes. There, there are some things, oh, we haven't answered that yet. That's not the same as being proven wrong. That's not being proven yet. And so many times in history, the scientists have said, that can't be, that's not it. Oh, we were wrong. The Bible was right. 
Um, so again, the Bible is that first book, the first divine book, the first book claiming to be written of God that's ever been written. And so if you're going to defeat the word, then the challenge must rise to the occasion. Again, we look at something like, like the Mormons. They have three different books, the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine of Covenants, and, and the Pearls of Great Price. These are all three claiming to be divine revelations. Well, when they teach something different than the Word of God, now they're competitors. They're not the same. Now, now they're challenging the Word of God. And then when we find different teachings, different claims within those sacred books of theirs, well, then we have to, we have to challenge it. Galatians 1.8, in fact, reminds us that, look, even if an angel comes, sounds like the angel Moroni and the Mormons, even if there's an angel who comes and preaches a different gospel, let it be accursed. Are there wicked, fallen, evil angels? We just studied this. Yes. Can an angel be deceptive? Yes. So if somebody says, I saw an angel, maybe it's true. What did it tell you? Oh, it taught you a different gospel than in the Bible? Well, then we're not believing it. We're not following it. Revelation 22, 19 reminds us that you don't add or subtract from the word of God, or you are going to suffer the consequences of the judgments that we see throughout Revelation. So when we look at the claims that are being made, like by the Mormons, polygamy, the the, the black race was considered accursed and a damned race. Well, until the U.S. government said, we're going to take away your statehood. Well, then they had a new revelation. They're okay now. <laughs> Polygamy was fully embraced again until the U.S. government stepped in and said, well, maybe not. Um, false claims of Jesus being in America in an entirely different when he was resurrected, he came back to America. There's no proof. There's no evidence of any of that. Um, Jehovah's Witnesses have been producing uh, different scriptures, different teachings. That, uh, the Watchtowers, their little pamphlet that they like to send out on a regular basis. But they also started with a, a new Bible. Why do we need a new Bible? We have the Bible. We have it in the Hebrew, in the Aramaic, in the Greek. We, we don't need a new translation especially one that says in the beginning was the word and the word was a God not the God a God that's a completely different concept one the biblical account in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh that's a part of the triune Godhead of, of, of Jesus Christ, the man God coming on earth. The other one makes him a God, which makes him, well, how many gods are there? A lot of the other religions believe in other gods, multiple gods, many gods. Christianity believes in one God, the triune Godhead. Islam has the Quran. The Quran, again, 
new claims. And, and you don't have to evaluate every single page and every single word. It, it, if the Holy Scripture is saying this is inerrant, the Word of God, perfect and flawless, I only need to find one. I only need to find one error. I need to only find one false claim. I only need to understand that, that from the Quran's perspective, Ishmael is the chosen son, not Isaac. Well, right away we know the Quran and the Bible are not on the same team. And if you haven't turned your TV on or read a newspaper, maybe you would know and understand that Islam and the Muslims do not like Christians or Jews. Why? Because their holy scripture preaches against them. And if you don't convert, it's okay to kill. It's in their book. It's not open for interpretation. And so they believe in Allah, not in Yahweh. So again, we see things like God and we say, well, they believe in God, Allah. We believe in God, Yahweh. Two different gods. Two different gods. So again, not on the same page. They believe in adding things like, like you know, praying, facing Mecca, giving alms as a, as a command, as, as, as a way to salvation. They have to fast during the month of Ramadan. You have to go on a pilgrimage to Mecca. These are all ways that you earn through works and gain salvation, not saved by grace through faith. A completely different pathway to God completely different religion. When we look at key writings and key beliefs, again, we, we look at the doctrine, not the people. So we can get confused by that easily because there's some people that are caught up in some very interesting beliefs or diversions or offshoots of, of Christianity. I mean, there's like 37 different denominations of, of Baptists. What's that all about? So we evaluate the doctrine when we look at something like, like Catholicism. Well, what do we evaluate with Catholicism? We evaluate its doctrine. We look at key dates, right? What are key dates? Well, in, 10, in 1050, there was a great schism. Well, within the, the, the Catholic belief, the, a, a, a branch broke off and said, you guys are wrong. You're not following scripture. You're not following the Bible. You're worshiping idols. And so we're departing from you. And that's where the Orthodox Church broke off in. And because they went off to the east and disappeared in Russia and, and, and you know, the uh, western part of, of the Middle East, nobody heard about them. And then the Roman Catholic Church became big and political and everybody knew about them. Well, in 1500, there was another break off of Catholicism, a little thing we call the Reformation that again happened within the Catholic Church. It wasn't an outside force coming in. It was an inside force saying, we need reform. We, we've gotten off track here. We've gotten off path. And so by definition, we need to reform. We need to protest Protestants against what? Mainstream Catholicism. So their dates show you that there's a break and a division and a difference between Christianity and Catholicism, they're not the same. They're not the same. Look at the key people, the popes and the priesthood. And again, the ties to, to the government, the Holy Roman Empire. It wasn't holy and it wasn't Roman. 
And Constantine moved the capital into Constantinople, creating really an entirely different religion that was based on, on the government and religion, ergo America, separation of church and state. We don't want to be together tied in with government. We've seen that as a problem with Catholicism for years tied into uh, the British government, the French government, the German government, all throughout Europe. They too add different writings. The Apocrypha, more importantly, their tradition, they really put a heavy significance on traditional writings. Same thing with, with the Jews is they will add more writings and more writings. And it's a lot different than like a Christian author who's like, well, this is my studying of a topic versus no, this is a new revelation from God given to a Pope. You can't challenge it. This is from God. Things like, how do we get to salvation? Well, in Catholicism, there's an awful lot of, of works that are involved. The things like confirmation, things like infant baptism, things that you have to do in order to be saved. Again, that's a violation of, of our basic understanding of Christianity, which is saved by grace through faith. So we, we talk about all these different things and, and we say, wow, well, this is getting like convoluted and whoa, you're like attacking other people and other churches. No, let's be clear. They are attacking God and the Bible. They are the ones trying to shift us from God and the Bible, not us. We're the defenders. We're, we're the ones saying, look, as a shepherd, um, these are the wolves in sheep clothing that we have to be aware of. Come on over and join the team anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Repent from that other belief and, and the door is wide open. But we're not on the same team. It would be a lie. It would be deceptive. It would be unkind and unloving for me to send you out that door thinking, oh, yeah, we're good. We're, we're all good. It'd be no different than a husband saying, I love you, honey. You're the best. You're so sweet. You're so kind. And he's got four other honeys. How does that sound? That's exactly what the Bible says to Israel. You're committing spiritual adultery. Well, another way to identify is through the key teaching of, of just who God is, who Jesus is, the Holy Spirit. Christianity is the triune Godhead. It, it, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's God. That's the definition then of God in Christianity. Anything else is a different religion. Again, be clear. Don't add to it. Don't mix it. Okay, the recipe that we're working on is God is the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's our pot. That's our crock pot. You want to throw in different spice, different religion, different way, keep it in your pot. Okay, but we don't mix it. We don't mix it. So we evaluate it. We test to see if it's so. We test it. What are they saying about God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Again, we look at the Mormons and they deny the Trinity. They don't believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit being one, united. They believe in three separate gods. They believe in many gods. 
They believe that Jesus is a, is a created and a spiritual being. Yes, the name Jesus is in their faith, but not the same Jesus that we know. And yes, they place a, uh, an emphasis on deeds. That's why, again, the Mormons are such good people. Because their entire faith is dependent upon that external outwardness of works and good deeds. Um, we look at Jehovah's Witness. Again, their, their view of the triune Godhead. They deny the Trinity. We, we don't have to go any further. Again, I, I quoted uh, John 1.1. 1, 1. They believe that Jesus is a God, not the God. That's a problem. They don't believe in the Holy Spirit. That's a problem. Um, Islam, again, completely different view of who God is. They believe in God Allah, not the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus is just a prophet, not the divine Son of God. Not, he wasn't crucified. They completely reject the Holy Spirit. We, we can't be on the same team. So we ask the basic questions. Again, who is God? Um, what's different? So, so if there's a, somebody else with a different faith, well, who's God? Ask them. You de define who God is. You define who Jesus is. Tell me about the Holy Spirit. It has to be in line with the biblical account of what God has given us in his word. If it's not, then it's a different religion. It's false teaching. See how the false teaching creates a different religion. And so, again, here back to 1 John, by this you know the Spirit of God, that every spirit that confesses that Jesus has come in flesh is from God. So, so the anchor of our understanding is understanding who Jesus is, who the real Jesus is. Not who a, a made up or a different version of Jesus. I don't like this version of Jesus. I'll make my own. In 1850, Tony will invent a new one. That, that, that's exactly what's taking place. I don't like the way that sounds. I don't like that it sounds exclusive. Again, it... Listen. It doesn't make any logical sense that, that God would give us all kinds of different pathways to end up at the same point. It, it's just that Christianity is brutally honest. And we, like a mama, there's times where, look, we have to be brutally honest here. We don't always want to be brutally honest. We want to be nice. We want to be kind. We want to talk about the good stuff. We want to talk about that anybody can repent. Anybody. Anybody can come to a, a saving faith. But you've got to trust in God's word. Well, I don't want to trust in God's word. Then what are we talking about? You, you have to trust in God's word. Okay, I trust in God's word. What do I trust? I trust that God is the creator of the universe. That makes him God. That makes me a man. That makes me in subjection to him. I don't like that. I'm my own man. I'm my own God. I make my own rules. I'm out. That's what, that's what it's all about. It, it's all about people refusing, refusing to submit to God's word in any way, shape, or form they can figure out. Can be through a philosophy, could be through science, can be through another religion, could be through following somebody, or just flat out saying, I don't believe this. 
Have you, have you given a, an, an honest evaluation of God's word? How did we get here? You, you have to answer that. And, and if you think you just got here by accident, then you should walk out that door right now and do whatever you want to do. Because you're God. There is no God. You're autonomous. What are the rules? What are the rules when there are no rules? What are the rules when there is no God giving the rules? Do what you want to do. The fact that you, you have anything within your, in your soul that says, I shouldn't steal. I shouldn't lie to people face to face. I shouldn't cheat on my wife. I shouldn't do dot, 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 whatever it is. Where did you get that from? You got it from the Bible. You just don't know it. You just don't realize it. Because there is no ethics. This is why our politics are so messed up. When you have people that have no soul and no ethic, they will lie straight to your face and do whatever they want to do. But what is their life based on? My, my life's based on scripture. My marriage is based on what God tells me what love is, not what I think what love is or some, somebody that's writing a book. I, I'm, I'm held accountable to that love. I'm held accountable to the vow that I made before God with my wife to be faithful, not just in the fidelity of my marriage, but in loving her, being kind to her day after day, not keeping account of wrongs suffered. When I'm wrong, confessing I'm wrong, being a better husband. That's not easy. I don't always like doing it. But as much as I love my wife, I love God more. And I fear God. And I fear the ramifications of me not loving my wife, me not loving my children, me not loving you. And part of that includes warning. Well, the final identification is the pathway, the key pathway to salvation. How are we saved? So where do we go once we die? Again, nowhere. I, I don't believe you believe that. Somewhere in your mind, you have a thought that I'm good enough to not end up in that dark place, or maybe everybody just goes the same. Again, if you believe in that, then you would walk out the door and do whatever you want to do, because there is no consequences to sin or disobedience or rebellion or anything. But we don't do that. We have restraint. Why do we have restraint? Because God has placed that restraint within us. God has placed within us a clear understanding when we walk outside and we see Mount Rainier, we go, whoa, that's incredible. Who made that? How did that get here? And Mount Rainier is nothing in comparison to a human eyeball, to what's happening in our ear canal, to our taste buds. This amazing creation that God has done in the human body that you think just happened by accident. You want to talk about insane? You want to talk about blind faith? And then when we die, we just go nowhere. The Bible in its love has said, look, I know where you're going to go. Here's the good news. Heaven, eternal life with God 
forever. No pain, no suffering. All you have to do is by faith believe and confess with your mouth in Jesus Christ. But let me be clear. When you don't, when you rebel against Jesus, there's a hell. There's another place. There, there are consequences. Because you know what? You don't want to rely on Jesus paying for your sins. Guess what? Then you will pay for your sins. You will pay for all those lies. You will pay for all, all the things that you did in the history of your life. Well, you can't pay it. We can't pay it. There's nobody in this room who's better than anybody else or smarter than anybody else. We live by faith and trust in Christ. We follow this book. It all starts there. And so the key pathway to salvation is, well, who is God? There's only one way to the Father, and that's through the Son. That's what the Scripture tells us. There's only one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. There are no other ways. Anything else is a lie. What? Well, we have a belief. A belief that begins by God's grace. God gives us the belief. God gives us an understanding. You know what? There's something out there from the history of mankind. A guy in the middle of the jungle looks up in the sun and goes, there's something more than me. When I plant my seed, when I work hard in the sweat of my brow to get this crop to grow, I'm at the mercy of something else that's going to give me enough rain, but not too much. Enough sun, but not too much. In the perfect timing, in the perfect rhythm, and guess what they learn and understand? It's not me, because I do the same thing every year. There's a God out there. There's a God out there who made me. There's a God out there who made my newborn baby who's in my wife's womb. And how in the world does that happen? And when you start thinking about it, you go, yeah, there's, there's something out there. And that's the beginning of the pathway. You understand the when. The when is in the beginning. In the beginning. Not in 1850. In the beginning. From the very start that a God, a loving God in the universe created mankind. That's how we got here. And unfortunately, we make mistakes. We make accidental mistakes. We make purposeful mistakes. We, we follow bad teachers. We follow bad religions. We, we do. We're, we're weak. We're, we're all weak. We, we've all followed wrong things. That's why God says, look, you got to test it. You, you got to test it. You, you can test the words that I'm saying. You, you want to defend the Muslims? Then go read your Quran and read your Bible and test it. You, you want to defend the Jehovah's Witness? Then go read your, your new translation and test it. Go read all the writings of the, of the Mormons. Go read all the writings of anything. Not really trying to pick on anybody today, just those are the key ones, and then test it to the Bible. That's what we're called to do. Why? Because this is important. This life that we're here on earth is very, very short compared to eternal life. Eternal. Think about that. Eternal life forever. 
Salvation is important. Getting the right Jesus is important. There's a difference between hippie Jesus and biblical Jesus. We'll talk about that. There's a difference. That's a different Jesus. So false teaching will then lead to false and different religions, which plays right into the hand of, 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 of the satanic forces. All I have to do, think of it as a team. Think of it as a team. Everybody in this room, I don't need to get, if, if Satan wants you on his team, Really, what he doesn't want is he doesn't want you on Jesus's team. So you can all be on whatever team you want to be on. He doesn't care. Just don't be on that team. And he wins. The denial of any team, he wins by default. And so we got to get it right. We got to get it right. And if you're not sure, well, come to me afterwards. Ask, ask me key questions. You challenge me. Th that, that's a fantastic thing to do. That's a great thing to do. If I would rather you yell at me and tell me how wrong I am and prove it than walk out the door and say nothing. That, it would be unloving for me not to welcome you. There's, there's nothing to fight about. We, we, we can evaluate truth in the scriptures. Uh, I, I, will, I will put my faith in the word against the scientists, the philosophers, the doctors, worldly beliefs any day of the week. And I can only do that because I've studied this book. And this book holds up. Let's pray. Lord, truth matters so much. Help us to set aside our emotions. Help us to set aside our, our, our sympathies. Lord, we, we just want to know what's right. We, we want to know what's, what's real. And so, Lord, you've given us this book so that we will not be blind. You've given us this book so that we know the, the true account of history the true account of who we are and where we're going so that we know who you are. So we know your plan to save mankind from their sin. Lord, you're, you're a loving God who desires that no man would perish. And so that's our pattern too. We don't want anybody, anybody on the wrong team. Our, our, our team bench is, is long. Anybody is welcome to come to team Jesus. But yet there are guidelines. We, we, we have to trust in you. We have to follow you. We, we, we have to believe in you. We can't just make up our own version of you. And so, Lord, we come and we submit to you, your authority, and your word. Not to men, not to me, but to your word. Thank you, Lord, for faith. Thank you for giving it to us. Thank you for the faith that drives us, that opens our, our closed and blind eyes. Lord, because without it, we would all be in denial as we once were. And so, Lord, we give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.